Local independent restaurants are a vital part of the Portland community and could really use a hand up. Tell your local representative to support the Restaurants Act. Learn more and get started at saverestaurants.com. Right at the Fork is proud to present this episode of the Joy of Drinking podcast. Welcome back to the Joy of Drinking podcast. My name is Joy Church and I'm your host. And season's greetings, everybody. It's We're in the holidays. We're in the home stretch of 2020. And I'm thrilled to have Katie Connors back with us this month. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time out of a very, very busy life that you have. Uh, Katie joined us last month to talk about to-go cocktails and eviction moratoriums and all kinds of things that she's been working on on behalf of the restaurant and bar industry. Uh, with the Independent Restaurant Alliance of Oregon. Katie, thank you so much for returning to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me again, Joy. I'm glad to be here. Happy holidays. Thank you very much. So, Katie, please share the news with everybody. On Monday, December 21st, during the special session that we had this month, um, our bill passed through the Senate and the House, which means that we have cocktails to go legalized throughout the state And in addition to that, we also have a statewide third-party delivery company commission cap at 15%, which is very exciting as well. Yeah, these things really go hand-in-hand, don't they, to make it worthwhile? They do. And then, of course, the residential eviction moratorium has been extended through June 30th of 2021. So all these things connect together so that restaurant owners, bar owners, bartenders, everybody in this industry has a chance of surviving. So Katie, wow, what a huge lift, what a huge push. You've been working on this since the spring of 2020. And it finally happened. So when you were on the podcast last month, at that point, it was like, is there going to be a special session? Is it going to happen? And you were doing this huge push to kind of get people to do more advocacy work to make that take place. So how did it end up working out that the special session was called? Well, you know, we thought it was going to happen at the beginning of December, because usually the way that that works is that, I mean, there's no usual in this situation, so actually, heck say that, there's no no (laughs) usual, but um, usually we would hear at the beginning of the month whether or not there's going to be a special session that month, Um, but as you know, you brought up the residential eviction moratorium, Um, that was a much more complex bill that took a lot more collaboration on both sides of the aisle. Um, and it took a couple of weeks to work, work those details out. And so, um, I believe that governor Brown finally announced the special session the week prior to the December 21st. And so, yeah, and it was crazy. We, we did tons of community outreach, um, tons of advocacy. We had, we signed people up to testify before the special um, committee, the interim committee that basically finalizes the agenda going into the special session. Um, and it was just making those phone calls, sending those emails, you know, in a, in a metaphorical sense, knocking on the doors of our state policymakers and just making sure that they knew that restaurants um, need help desperately. Yes. They need help in so many different ways. And part of that is going to be the cocktails to go legislation that we worked on um, in coordination with Representative Nose, who was our champion on the floor, and he was able to rally the troops and get people aligned and really did an outstanding job 
Um, and we just feel so fortunate to have um, champions like him. And we, you know, saw an outstanding amount of representatives stand up on the floor and testify on our behalf and say that this is, you know, that they are in favor of the bill, but this has to be just the beginning of what the state does um, in, in the long term for, for restaurants and bars. And um, we hope to see more happen in the legislative session that starts in February 2021. Right. Wow. It's so much, right? We talked about this last time that these interlocking pieces are so complex to get something to get on the agenda, the whole thing. And at that time, Katie, we talked about, okay, how's this going to work? So Speaker of the House Tina Kotek was on board. But at that point, there were others who did not want to do the special session. So the question was, was Governor Brown going to call a catastrophic emergency to make the special session happen? So how did it end up coming about that you got to that point? Um, so she didn't end up calling a catastrophic emergency. The session did not happen virtually. It actually happened in person. So it was a one day in person special session. I am not positive on the logistics behind that and the negotiations that took place behind closed doors because I believe that that is what happened in order to um, say that. But we did see representatives come out publicly saying, you know, essential workers are showing up every single day to do their jobs. Um, right. So yeah. in this case, we are the essential worker that needs to show up and do our job. Right. Um, and that safety precautions need to be put into place um, in order to make that happen. But this requires all of us to show up in Salem for one day um, and show up on the floor and, and get these votes in in order to, you know, pass the commercial eviction moratorium. Um, there was liability uh, bills around liability for schools and different things like that. So um, to really sort of move the state forward into 2021, these issues needed to, to be addressed, including uh, the ones around restaurants. Right, right. And so with to-go cocktails, so exciting. And so I believe that we can begin to order those through delivery apps on Tuesday. Is that right? As, actually, it's as of yesterday. Oh, shoot. I'm behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So the OLCC really um, picked it up. They, they, so usually, again, usually is uh, right. unprecedented <laughs> world. So um, usually it would take the governor signing the bill into law and then it would get passed to the, um, the governing structure that uh, regulated. So the OLCC did some special rulemaking that put this into place. Um, and that could take, I mean, it could, you know, in real life take weeks. It could take months, months in yeah. order for those rules to be made. It took a matter of days. It took like, you know... So they, it went into place on the 24th. The bill passed on the... It, it took like 72 hours. That's incredible. I mean, um, all the yeah. the back workings to make that happen. It's really incredible. And I know OLCC had been in favor of to-go cocktails, but this isn't something that they could make the decision on. So it sounds like they were really ready to take action the second it was a go. They were ready. And, you know, the bill itself had some... Um, wonderful regulatory recommendations. So um, they didn't, it was mostly just making sure that those were all in place um, for their own regulated, like regulatory, you know, understanding of it. So um, yeah, so they, you know, it's in place. You could technically be selling cocktails to go right now. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. And we can be purchasing them right now. Well, I am <laughs> not going to go out there and make, buy a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. I'm and not going to deliver to your home. Exactly. Because delivery companies can deliver cocktails to your home. That is uh, amazing. Well, I'm not going to make my own cocktail tonight. I'm going to be ordering from, from, I don't know where yet, but I'm excited to, look, to t- start digging around for who's already getting them out there. And so I know that, of course, the next thing, right? So when something finally happens, everybody's been waiting in the wings for months and months for this to take place. And now it's like, oh, okay, I'm a bartender. Now what do I do? What, what, what are the rules? So can you walk us through a little bit of that? I know this is brand new and it'll all be, you know, we're all learning together here, but um, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of that? Like, what does it look like from the, the bartender making the drink to getting it out the door? Totally. So we can just start from just like a general, um, a general standpoint. Um, So for cocktails, cocktails means that it has to be a single serving. Um, So it needs to be made and put into a container as a single serving item. So if you buy two, it needs to be two separate containers. It cannot be combined into one container. Um, And then because it has to do with the amount of actual alcohol that is in the mixed drink as if you were drinking it. You can't, you know, you can't buy doubles. You can't buy like a double daiquiri. Um, at a bar and then have it come in a cup all at one time. So um, it has to be single serving. It also, this law allows for single servings of wine as well. So, you know, so you could potentially buy like a glass of wine and have it be in a sealed container and deliver it to your door rather than buying a full bottle of wine. Oh, I did not realize that. Okay. That's good to know too. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it could be, I believe that the serving amount is going to be, so the way that it's defined on the OLCC website is a drink that contain where the principal alcohol liquor is distilled liquor with not more than one mixer and more than three ounces of distilled liquor. Um, and then it's gonna be six ounces for wine. It has to be in a sealed container, which means um, that it can't be tampered with. So it can't just be like a lid on a plastic cup. It should be in a container um, that is made obvious that if you opened it. so. It could be in a can. It could be in a bottle that has a plastic seal around it. It could be um, in a bottle that has like a secured, like almost like a, like a beer top lid on top of it. Um, but that is to ensure that you're not just going to hop in your car and just sip it all the way home um, or leave the bar and sip it while you're walking home um, just to make sure that those are secured. Okay. okay. And so it's a closed container. Right. Oh my gosh. And now is there a limit? So if you were in a family unit right now, let's say of imbibers that wanted to order 10 individual servings, could the, could a, a consumer do that? Um, it depends. So it also, you can order two cocktails per one substantial food item. Okay. So if you order 10 substantial food items, then you could have two cocktails per those 10 substantial food items. I don't believe that there is a major, there might be a regulation of that though. Give me. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would have to look. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I know we're all kind order. of figuring this out together and, 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 but that's interesting. Okay. So then, so can a consumer just order a cocktail without food at all? No. Right. So you, it's just like when you go into a bar, right here in Oregon, you don't have to order food if you if you if bars were open, but they have to provide food. It's part of what makes Oregon really cool that way. That's why we have amazing bars with amazing food. <laughs> but OK, so with your delivery, when you're ordering a cocktail, you're ordering a food item, too. OK, that's very good to, good to note. I didn't realize that. 
Okay, this is exciting. So I'm going to order dinner and a cocktail this evening. <laughs> yes. And for, I mean, for bartenders also, I just want to, so, and for restaurant owners, substantial food item is pretty accurately de- like defined on the OLCC website. So I would check that out. Um, it doesn't need to be a cooked item. It could be a sandwich. So for those bar owners that are worried about having to also employ a cook at the same time, a sandwich is a pretty open idea. I think that is like a great thing to look into right. as an option for a right. food item rather than having, because usually those, I think sometimes the substantial food item is defined as like a hot item. Mm-hmm. This, this can be prepared. It doesn't have to be cooked and it could be a sandwich or a hot dog. Right. Okay. Right. That's a very good note too. I think that makes it a lot easier. You could pre, pre as, as a, a bar owner, you could prepackage, pre-make some sandwiches and have those ready to roll out with the cocktails versus thinking you have to stop service and suddenly your bartender has to cook or something. Yes. (laughs) Right. Okay. Very good to know. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Oh my God. It's like, ah, finally, finally, it's been such a long time. And so I'm sure that there are other things now that you with the Independent Restaurant Alliance of Oregon are working on next. So Katie, (laughs) there's no rest for the wicked, right? (laughs) Uh, so what happens next? What are your next initiatives that you're going to be trying to make happen? There's um, so many that are an option. We honestly haven't really finalized our legislative agenda going into 2021 yet. Um, we are taking a break for the week and um, sort of figuring out the next steps as we go into the new year. Um, there's a lot of fundraising that we're going to have to be doing in coordination with that um, just because you know, in order to push through all of this organizational stuff and to figure things out and um, all of our legislative agendas, we have to be able to fund those as well. So um, we need to look at our fundraising calendar. We need to look at, um, you know, what are the opportunities and what are the different things going into the legislative session. Um, We're really looking for that commercial eviction moratorium, which was not passed in the special session uh, to be extended. Um, or, I mean, that, that's so like there's commercial eviction moratorium, but that's just a Band-Aid on a humongous issue. So um, we need to figure out a better way to navigate that. I would really like to see more proactive work around um, commercial leases in general, um, whether that's, you know, getting rid of a personal guarantor or, um, you know, there's different things that we're seeing starting to come out in different states. So a lot of that homework will have to look at, you know, what are other states proactively doing right now? What are the things that we can do? How can we help workers? How can we, um, what are the major issues that we're facing? Right, right. Right now. Well, I'm glad that you're taking a little bit of a break. <laughs> As if, whew, you know, this huge lift that you did. Um, I was thinking about you this morning and I thought, you know, Commissioner Connors has a very nice ring to it. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't get the impression, we talked about this a little bit before, but, you know, advocacy work wasn't necessarily in your wheelhouse before. So this has been huge that you've taken this on in just a matter of months. And wow, you've made things happen. So I know a lot of people, you get a lot of votes <laughs> if you decide to go into, you know, into government, into politics, um, although you may definitely say, "Uh uh-uh, no more, steering away from that forever. Um, So what are some lessons, Katie, that you have learned over the last few months in trying to make all of this happen? Um, One, keep an open mind. 
um, I think that in politics and in thinking about politics and is that it's really easy to be like, this is too complicated. This is um, really detail oriented. And there's so many times that people are going to say no. Um, and no is not an option. So you have to start exploring alternative routes, um, especially, and if that means going out of your comfort level, I found that like getting out of my comfort level is, is usually going to, uh, like if, if, you know, emailing the mayor's office, for example, um, making, just doing those small little actions, starting to create relationships that you wouldn't have thought possible um, are usually the ones that are going to be most beneficial. Right, yes. So, you know, it's taking up every single opportunity to just get the word out. You know, you might not know exactly what the goal, like the larger goal is, but the more people that you talk to, um, the more honest and authentic you are and just communicating, you know, what is the plight of what, what are you trying to do? What is the message that you're trying to get across? Um, how do you connect to people? Um, usually people are really willing to understand, to listen. People want to listen right now. Um, no one has the right answer. I think that also um, all of us are going through a tough time and um, there's more open doors than you would think because of that and just taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. Um, I never would have thought I would be here right now. Um, I very much feel lucky um, with the different people that I've met, including you, Joy, (laughs) that has, you know, believed in the causes that we've been working on um, and that have helped us along the way. Um, I, you know, the next step of now that we're growing out of our idea of like our baby startup nonprofits, what is the next step, um, which we're taking very seriously. <laughs> um, but this is every single day is a new day. You know, um, these organizations take a lot of work and we feel so lucky that, you know, Mayor Wheeler and our city commissioners and the governor's office and representative notes. And there's been so many different people that we've been been able to sort of wrap into our little worlds of advocacy and have, you know, become major allies. Right. It's been, it's been huge. I mean, what started out, you know, what in May or June as a real grassroots effort is still grassroots in some ways, but wow. I mean, just the changes that you've been able to make the connections that you've made those are huge. So it sounds like, you know, you intend to really work those connections for years to come um, to continue advocacy for restaurants and bars in Oregon. And those will have, you know, those have ripple effects around the country then too, right? When other people see the work that you've been doing and they can imitate that, you know, this is where that copycat idea is the best form of flattery comes in. Uh, I just think it's huge. And we owe you an enormous debt of gratitude, Katie, for all of this incredible work. And I'm so glad that, you know, this was the positive outcome, right? Because, you know, it was not clear that this was going to happen at all. Um, Or if it did get into the agenda, you know, it's like kind of assumed that once it's on the agenda for a special session, that that means it's going to pass, but it's not definite until it's done. So, uh, so this is absolutely enormous. Um, Katie, wow. I just think this, I'm just so impressed. I'm just so impressed and so thankful. Um, Are there other things that you'd like to share with bartenders, with restaurant and bar owners at this point before we let you go to continue your holiday weekend? Um, I would say 
you know, this so launching a new program right now is difficult um, because of everything that's happening because of our capacity limits. Um, I would really take a look at how much this could do for you and your business and also your employees. Um, and we're going to be rolling out some educational stuff over the next few days, over the next few weeks around cocktails to go. Um, I'm going to wrangle Ricky Gomez and Mike Anderson, um, Ricky Gomez from Parliament and Mike Anderson from Rum Club to, to come together and sort of figure this out. Um, if you have any questions or suggestions on education, um, email us, DM us, let us know. Um, we are really looking forward to see the TACO programs launch. We cannot wait to order cocktails to go. Um, and then also for people outside of Portland, uh, the third party commission cap is at 15%. I believe that goes into place on Monday. And that is very exciting. That's just like, no matter what, that's going to, to really help. Um, just so that your commission cap, your commission that may have been paying like 20 to 30% is now at 15 and, and that's gonna be a great thing. So we have, we'll have a blog post coming out later on today with a little bit more on both of those things. And um, we're, we're very excited. That is great. Yeah, and I think the delivery cap is huge. So if you've been, you know, as restaurant and bar owners have been penciling this thing out, thinking, okay, well, if I get to go cocktails, if that happens and I can do it, gosh, these, the delivery apps, they take so much money. Is it worth it for me to do it? It's like, well, this is a game changer to have it capped at 15%. I mean, that really helps for your bottom line to think about, okay, I can bring in a staff person. I can hire some people back. I can you know, buy some inventory to be able to make this happen. I think it's huge. And I know that that was a big lift. Um, because, you know, there are big powerhouse companies. These delivery apps don't want to give into that. So that was enormous. Yes. And, and just to let you know, in Portland, we passed a commission cap of 10% in July. And that's still valid for Portland proper. So we're still at 10%. Um, but everywhere. So like Beaverton, um, Gresham, all of that sort of stuff is at 15. So, right. Yeah. This is a big for Oregon, not just Portland. So this is wonderful. Katie, thank you so very much for all of this huge work that you've done and that I'm so happy to hear that you're, you know, not it's like, bye, I'm done. See you later. <laughs> um, that you're planning, you've got, you know, ideas for 2021 to continue helping restaurant and bars. This is absolutely huge. And uh, again, enjoy the rest of your holiday. I know you're obviously working all weekend at least, um, but listeners, I hope that this is an exciting time for you and that you're going to start figuring out where you're going to order your cocktails immediately. Um, this is a really big, big piece for restaurant bars to keep them alive during the pandemic. So when you're thinking about mixing your own drink at home, don't look at the delivery apps and order a cocktail and, and a food item and, you know, raise a glass to Katie and the independent restaurant Alliance of Oregon. Uh, Katie, thank you so much again and happy holidays to you. Thank you so much, Joy. This has been wonderful, and I really appreciate you getting the word out once again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And listeners, be sure to, you know, give me a feedback. I want to hear from you. And of course, as always, I want to thank Right at the Fork for producing this episode and for giving me the opportunity to have this podcast. It's really meaningful. And happy holidays and happy new year, everybody. Thank you. Bye. The Joy of Drinking podcast is produced by Joy Church, executive produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson in association with Right at the Fork.